church. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord, church. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Stand to your feet. It's Easter Sunday. Resurrection Sunday. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Worship with us. Somebody clap your hands this morning. We're here to bless and magnify the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus, we worship you. Hallelujah, we thank you, Lord. There you are, beyond the feet of wine. When the wicked, my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Hallelujah, Jesus, we were. The omnipotent, Hallelujah, Defender, my victory, my refuge. The one I run to, you are the God. You are the God of the praise. Hallelujah. Anybody believe that this morning? That He's the God of our praise. Say praise. You are the God of the praise. And when I can't see my way through, and I really don't know what to do, I just Hallelujah. 
breakthrough in my heart, breakthrough in my mind, breakthrough in my spirit, breakthrough in my soul, breakthrough in my weakness, breakthrough in my struggle. You are the God, you are the God of the breakthrough in my worship, breakthrough in my praise, breakthrough when I lift and glorify your name, breakthrough when I dance, breakthrough when I shout. You are the God. You are the God of the breakthrough in my heart, breakthrough in my mind, breakthrough in my spirit, breakthrough in my soul, breakthrough in my weakness, breakthrough in my soul. You are the God. You are the God of the breakthrough in my worship, breakthrough in my praise, breakthrough when I live to glorify your name, breakthrough when I dance, breakthrough when I shout. You are the God. You are the God of the breakthrough in my heart.
in my spirit, in my soul, in my weak, in my struggle. You are the God, you are the God of the break. When I clap, when I dance, when I shout, lift my head, glorify, that you are the God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. It's a breakthrough day today. Hallelujah. Whatever you're going through, God will help you to break through today. Amen. Hallelujah. Pray with us this morning. Father God, we love you, Lord God. We thank you for the spirit that we feel in this place this morning, oh God. As we continue to worship you, Lord God, we ask you to touch us individually and collectively, Lord God. Let there be a breakthrough in everything that we do, in our worship, oh God, in our praise and honor to you this morning, oh God. I pray, Lord God, for anointing upon the man of God. Touch every person in this place this morning. Let your will be done, your kingdom come, as we continue to give you all the glory and all the honor. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Come on, church, let's just give the Lord another round of applause. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Continue to worship the Lord with us. Jesus' name.
Continue to worship Jesus this morning. Oh 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, church, let's just worship the Lord this morning. Oh, you are more than enough for us, dear God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Oh, God, you are more than enough. Jesus, we love you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Before you see that, there's one more song that is on my heart that I want to sing. Amen. We're going to sing it this morning. We're going to give God some uh, honor and some glory. Amen. Because he's worthy to be praised. Amen. He's the God after yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And we're going to worship him. So I'm going to ask us if you uh, praise and worship, if you can help me sing this song this morning. Um, the blood will never lose its power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. The blood that Jesus shed for me. Amen. So I thank God this morning. 
I thank him for the blood. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Praise God. We want to welcome everyone this morning. We want to greet you all this morning on this Resurrection Sunday morning. Our online congregation, we greet you all this morning. Praise God. And I know we have a lot of people in church this morning, our online congregation. Amen. The blood will never lose its power. Amen. Hallelujah. We're serving an awesome God. Amen. We are serving a mighty God. Amen. Hallelujah. I love him this morning with all my heart. So we greet you all this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. We greet you and we thank you for tuning with us this morning. We thank you for being in church this morning. And we pray that before the service is concluded this morning, God will meet your needs. God will bless you. God will touch you. Why? Because there is nothing too hard for our God. Amen. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly above that which we ask or think. Amen. And we're so honored this morning to have everyone worshiping God. You know, I was uh, at the privilege of some, in fact, and Friday night, we had a, a, a Zoom call with some folks from our old congregation in Jamaica. And um, there were a few people that were online tuning in. And, you know, it, it's so sad that um, we're living in a time right now with this pandemic that, you know, a lot of people don't have the privilege of being, you know, this is our norm. And Easter Sunday for everybody to, you know, get ready, bring their family out to church and everything like that. There are some people somehow in other place of the country that are not able to be privileged like we are this morning. And this is why we have a privilege and we got to take advantage of this privilege. A lot of people would like to get out of their bedroom, out of their living living room and get into a building but because of restriction and regulation they're not able to so you're here this morning don't sit complacent amen because a lot of people would like to sit in the place that you're in this morning so if you're in your bedroom praising god or in your living room praising god or if you're in the congregation this morning praising god just keep on praising god amen because our god is great and greatly to be praised amen amen praise god without any further ado Amen. I'm going to invite our pastor to come on right up. Praise God. Continue to worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's continue to worship the Lord this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Brother Scarlett. Praise and worship. Awesome job. Awesome job. You all were just fantastic this morning. And I feel like I was in this uh, really uh, large, you know, great big um, sanctuary. And you guys were just, oh, God, have your way. You did a wonderful job, praise and worship. Thank you for just worshiping the Lord in the way that you did this morning. It certainly drew us into his presence, and so we thank you for that. It's good to see everyone in the house of the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Josiah, it's good to see you. I don't know why, uh, leading up to this week, I was missing the young people that went off to school. I said, man, I miss the young people. What's wrong with me? I don't know. I, certain things that happen, just, you know, you start to get old. Man, I never thought I would say some of the things that I say, but then when you start feeling it or thinking it, you said, okay, that must be age, because why well, didn't feel and think this before? So, but I miss the young people. I, I, I'm glad to see them. I saw Rayon Thursday night, Josiah, I got to see Thursday and this morning, and um, he's doing what he always does. Amen. He looked good. Got to watch him. You know, he looked good in that suit, nice and tall. I said, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, before we know it, we're going to be hearing about somebody. Yeah, we're going to be hearing about somebody soon. I'm looking. Yeah, we're going to be hearing about somebody soon. (laughs) You 
you know we will. You know we will. Just a matter of time. It might already be in the works. We just don't know. We just don't know. He vetting he vetting her first before he tell anybody. Good to see you, Josiah. Amen. Ugama. Good morning. Good to see you. Amen. Hallelujah. Shanice and Janice. Boy, y'all set. Y'all making history. They making history. Let them make history, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let them make history, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, it's offering time. And I promised you last week we'll do our special offering because I want you to be completely blessed. I don't want you, I don't want you to, uh, uh, to be voided of any blessing that God has in store for you. And so this morning we're going to take our offering. We're going to declare the word of God as we take our offering this morning so you can be blessed abundantly. Amen. I want him to open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you will not have room enough to receive it. Amen. It'll just overflow you. Amen. But when he blesses you like that, make sure you look out for others and be a blessing to others. So we're going to declare the word of the Lord this morning. And we're going to let, let me make one mention before, because when I get into the word of God, I'm just going to be in the word of God. This Friday is going to be our marriage meeting. This Friday is our marriage meeting. And then Saturday morning at 10 a.m. it continues. So Friday evening at 730 and then Saturday morning at 10 a.m. And so if you're married, you need to be here. If your marriage is shaky, you need to be here. If you're planning to get married, you need to be here. Whatever the situation is concerning marriage, you need to be here. Now, don't cheat. I'm getting ready to say something else, but you can't cheat. I have to live stream this for our online congregation in Florida and New York and all over the place. So we got to do it. So Friday, 730. But you can't stay home if you can make it here. Brother Scarlett said it perfectly this morning. Don't, don't play games with this great opportunity you have. Some people want to be in the house of the Lord, and they can't. They really want to, and they can't. And you're able to, so take full advantage of the opportunity the Lord has given you and do everything that you can. So I think that's very important. So if you can make it in the house of God, you come in 7.30 on Friday and then 10 a.m. Saturday. If you can make it, you come in. It, it's going to bless you. It's going to help your marriage. And I don't care which marriage it is. I don't care how the marriage is. I don't care the status of the marriage. Believe me, I will be able to speak God's word into your life. I know what God can do. And God is going to use me to help you in your situation. Amen. Hallelujah. And so I want you to show up Friday evening, 730 and Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Offering time. Let's stand. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me see here. I guess I got to stand off to the side some way. Amen. Don't worry. I don't need a camera to follow me. You, we're reading this together. Amen. Sit in the seat. Stand in the seat. Y'all ready? Amen. What it says in Job twenty two twenty eight: Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. And so... What we're doing is making a statement of faith, a decree, 
and it's all going to be the word of God. So everything that we will declare this morning, everything that we will speak this morning, it will be according to the word of God. It's not something we made up. It's not something that that's clever that we're saying. It's, it's all scriptural. So we're going to declare the word of the Lord. So if you want to give online, you can give online. You know how to do that. If you want to, um, we have baskets all over the sanctuary. You can give in the basket. Um, however you would like to give. Um, I forgot that I used to pick stuff up. Brother Scarlett said I used to pick offering up from houses. So I'll still do that if you need me to. Amen. You can mail it in. Some people still mail in their tithes and offering. They're just like, I might as well just keep going. And so whatever way you want to give this morning so you can continue to be a blessing to the work of God and you will be blessed in turn. So that it's a no lose situation when you give to God. God's work get done as he uses us to spread the gospel and make a place where people can come in and get saved. And you, your pocketbook get a little fatter. Hallelujah. Can't lose. All right. Are you ready to declare the word of God with me? Amen. Let's do it. Upon the authority of your word. I have given and it shall be given to me, pressed down, shaken together and running over. I am a tither. I bring my tithes today into your storehouse. Therefore, the enemy is rebuked. The curse is broken. I live under an open heaven. You pour out upon me such a blessing that there is not room enough to receive it. We receive jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses. Sales and commissions, benefits and settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received, my whole family saved and walking with God, perfect health and abundance to walk in divine favor and blessing. I am blessed going in. I am blessed going out. All that I do will prosper in Jesus' name. Amen. There's all the scriptural reference. And so we declare God's word. Lord, according to your word, we thank you for this privilege to give. We're so grateful that we can take part in the mission in the earth of this, this earth that you've established, Lord. And now, Lord, we come faithfully to give multiply this offering and let it go for your intended purpose. Lord, you know we need a building. We're asking you for a building. And we ask, Lord God, that you will provide for us to continue to do your work. Lord, this is not selfish, but it's still about your work being done in the earth is what we ask this morning. We thank you and praise you for all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Come and give unto the Lord.
online we greet you in the name of Jesus we, we thank God for you as well and thank God for what he's doing in your life amen hallelujah Joyce good to see you this morning amen good to see you this morning well God has been good to us church and we need to give him the honor we need to give him the praise we need to really really let God know that we Understand he's been good to us. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to worship him. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to give him thanks. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to hear his word. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to raise my hand. I came to clap my hands. I came to leap for joy. I came to stomp my feet. I came to praise his name. Church, I don't know what you came to do, but I came this morning to let Jesus know I love him. I adore him. I appreciate him. I didn't just come this morning for God to just bless me. He's already done that. <laughs> and whether I come this morning or not, he's already done that. But I want him to know what I think of him. That's what it's all about this morning. How about you let him know what you think of him? Amen. Becky. Amen. Becky, God bless you. Nice to have you. We're so glad that you are here. Okay. All right. Becky, you are a Obaniah. Amen. Y'all don't know that's what um, Shubi's last name. Yeah, Brother Shubi. Obaniah. Yes. So, Becky, we welcome you to Christ Center Church. We're so glad that you came to be with us this morning. Amen. And whatever we can do, don't hesitate to ask. Whatever we can do will help you in your walk with Jesus Christ. We welcome you to Christ Center Church. Clap your hands and thank God for Becky. 
Amen. Another guest card. All right. Rosemary. Where's Rosemary? Where is she? All the way in the back. Good morning. Woo! You don't want to mess with me, Rosemary. I like that energy. You you came with something, Rosemary. Uh-huh. Guess it's Sister Heidi. Okay. I must say, now that Rosemary is here this morning, I must say to all of you that went out to outreach with us yesterday, did we have a good time? Man, it's nothing like knowing you are dead smacking doing the will of God. You know, many people go to church and they enjoy what church can do for them. But when you know you're doing what God wants you to do, oh, man, uh, your day is just so good. I, I left and went to New York yesterday by myself and the drive was good. Because I just thought about the goodness of Jesus. Jesus, I'm so glad I can be of some kind of use to you. Bless you. And Rosemary, we are so grateful that you came this morning. And we thank God for you. And if there's anything at all that we can ever do as a church, I can ever do as a pastor, please don't hesitate to ask. Don't let anything get in the way because... God put us together because God want to do something. So never get shy to say, well, I don't know if I should reach out to the pastor or I should reach out to the church. What do you mean? That's why God brought us together. Just, just understand. That's why God brought us together. So if there's something that you need and you feel like I'm the person you need to contact or somebody in the church is who you need to contact, don't hesitate. God put us together. Amen? It wasn't by coincidence. I mean, think of all the people we met at Food Bazaar yesterday. Guess what? You're here this morning, Rosemary, and we're grateful. Y'all love Rosemary up. Y'all love Becky up. And let God know that we thank him for sending them. Now, you have someone with you. You have Kayla. Kayla, I'm not going to forget you. I'm not going to be giving all of them a shout out and you don't get one. Kayla, how are you? You good? <laughs> Kayla, we're glad you're here, too. Uh, I hope you don't think we've given um, Becky and Rosemary all the shout-out. You don't get one. We are glad you're here this morning, Kayla. Amen. God is doing something with the young people. And remember I told you, we got to get the young people involved as quickly as we can because we don't want them growing up thinking that the church is useless. That's real talk right there. Don't let that go. It's real talk. A lot of times young people come because the parents make them. And as soon as they get old enough, they make a exit stage left because they never felt like they were a part. They felt like we made them come and we ignored them while they were here. So I'm asking you not to do that to our children, but to get them involved and let them know that this is their church as much as it is yours. Their Holy Ghost is no different from your Holy Ghost. You let them know that and let them know they have a place in the kingdom of God. Train them up so they can start doing things at an early age. Amen. Ariana, good to see you this morning. Don't leave till I see the baby. Amen. Swelly, Swelly family. So, you know, and we see Swelly like a couple times a day, even when we're not looking out for her. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes she see us before we see her. And we just, she just drive by and we're like, that was Swelly. Good to see you, Swelly. Hallelujah. Y'all ready for the word of God this morning? All right. Remember our marriage seminar this Friday evening at 730 and 
Saturday morning, 10 a.m. And only for the people that can't make it, like the people in New York and the people in Florida and people that are far away, we're going to live stream it for them. But as for you all that can get here, please get here. Please get here. No, no borderline. Everybody that can get here, get here. No, no. The, 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 the folks that I know is far away, they got to fly to get here. They, they can tune in. That, those are the people that I'm going to live stream it for. So for all of you that need me to live stream it, we're going to live stream it for you. But we want you to be a part. All right. How about we stand and get our Bibles out or look on the uh, overhead and turn to Mark chapter 3, verse number 8. Mark chapter 3, verse number 8. And then we're going to go to John chapter 20. So we'll start Mark chapter 8, verse 33, 31 through 33. And then John chapter 20, verse 1 through 16. A lot of reading. So by the time you leave here today, you're going to say, wow, I was really in church. I read a lot of scriptures. Amen. I felt the presence of the Lord. Hope you felt the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Happy Resurrection Sunday. And for those of you that feel good saying Easter Sunday, happy Easter Sunday. But I want to get, get you, make sure you understand, I know the difference between Easter Sunday and Resurrection Sunday. Because, you know, you got some people listening, saying, you know, that's why I'm into the churches. They all, uh, you know, into secular stuff, calling it Easter. I know, I, I know these people, how they think now, man. But, listen, I'll give you what you need. I know for the world it's Easter, and I know for the church it's resurrection. But you know what? I live in the world, and guess what? I know how to pull people in to tell them about Jesus. When Jesus met the woman at the well, he didn't come and says, I am the bread of life. He didn't just come out and say that to her. He said, what you doing there, getting water? He started with water. <laughs> so don't mess with me. The greatest one that ever did it, he always finds things in common first before he begin to speak to you. Because it's only things that you can relate to that you will begin to respond to. That's what Jesus did. So for all the spiritual people that want to come with the hammer, resurrection. Yeah, they don't even know who Jesus is. You tell them about resurrection. Can we start first with something normal and talk to people normal? And then when we talk to them normal and then they start to understand, we can add a little bit more and add a little bit more until we can get them to the place to understand resurrection. <laughs> oh, you don't want to hear now because I'm going to tell you like it is and be straight up about it. If you care about people's souls, you're going to make sure you are gentle and you're loving and you're kind when you deal with people. But if you don't care about people's souls, you're just going to hammer them. It's on you. Just know one of the, you're going to get hammered. You hammer people, you're going to get hammered at some point in time. You show mercy, mercy will be shown to you. You want to be haughty and tough and everything with people? That's what you're going to get. Mark chapter 8, verse 31. We're going to read together this morning. So if you came and you thought you were just going to listen to me, not. Mark chapter 8, verse number 1, verse 31, I should say. It says, read, please. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again and he spake that saying openly and peter took him and began to rebuke him but when he had turned about and looked on his disciples he rebuked peter saying get thee behind me satan 
for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of man. Lesson one already this morning, before we get into the word of God, Jesus, God in the flesh, rebuked Peter, his right hand man that preached the first message to the church. Jesus rebuked him because he was caught up in his flesh, in his emotion, because his flesh and his emotion is not savoring the things of God. It's savoring the things that pleases the flesh. And so Jesus said to him, I rebuke you, Satan, because when you start to worry about the fleshly things and the things that please you and not the things that please God, you're going to always go wrong. So I rebuke that spirit. I must die and rise in three days. John chapter 20, verse number one. Whole lot of reading here. You ready to go? All right, let's read. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved and said unto them, they have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher. And he stooping down and looking in saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulcher. And seeth the linen clothes lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed, for as yet they knew not that the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Rise again from the dead, sorry. Ten. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home, but Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher and seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She said unto them, because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said unto him, Sir, if thou have done, born him and tell me where thou hast laid him and I will take him away Jesus said unto her Mary she turned herself and said unto him Rabbani which is to say master Woo! a lot of reading appreciate you reading with us I want to talk to you this morning on this topic rise 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 Lord Jesus have your way in this place. We've come from many different places this morning to meet in your house, to be gathered, Lord God, virtually. And, oh, God, I pray that what you have in store for us, it will be done. 
that, Lord God, every person, Lord God, will receive from you what they are supposed to receive. And that, Lord God, we will experience the manifested power and presence of the Almighty God. That, Lord, there will be a freshness that we will come upon this morning in seeing you, Lord God. And that, Father, our faith will increase. And that miracles will take place in this sanctuary and virtually this morning for all those that have come together to hear your word. I pray for miracles, signs, wonders. I pray that the Holy Ghost will fall from heaven and that we will never be the same. I pray that somebody will make up in their mind today to surrender their life, to repent of their sins, to be baptized in your name. Oh God, to live for you, to follow you. I pray for change to come today because Lord God we know you rose from the grave father we love you and we thank you for all these things we pray in Jesus name somebody say amen you may be seated the resurrection of Jesus Christ is an essential part of of the gospel message and a key doctrine in Christian faith. It proves that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You ever stop to wonder how does that make sense, Jesus being the Son of God? Anybody ever stop to figure out how that makes sense? Because how can God have a son? Anybody figure that out? We know how sons are born. That didn't go on in heaven. Just saying. Ain't no woman up there. So how did he become the son of God? He's a creation of God. Just like you are a creation of God. But I move on. And that his atoning work on the cross has been completed and is effective. The empty cross and the empty tomb are his receipts telling us that the debt has been paid. The empty cross and the empty tomb are his receipts proof That I paid the debt that I was supposed to pay. Now church, you better stop for a while and think about how can Jesus have any debt that he needed to pay. He's almighty God. Everything that is here, he created. And so how could he ever have a debt to pay when everything really belongs to him? What debt would you have to pay, Jesus, when everything belongs to you, when everything you created? Why would you have a debt to pay? The answer is he set this law in motion as the creator. He said that the sin, the the, the soul that sinneth shall surely die. That's his law because he established everything. And so he said the soul that sinneth shall surely die. And so once he made that a law according to his will, guess what? Every one of us that is born was supposed to die when we sinned. We actually do die, but that's a different story. But that's 
what he was taking care of. He is saying, I'm going to pay the debt that I incurred because I was the one who created you all. So most people miss that about God, that he was taking responsibility for his creation. Because without him creating us, there would be no dying. There will be no murder. There would be no crime. There would be no stealing. There would be no hurting one another if he didn't create us. Because while he was here all by himself and nothing created, everything was fine. Nothing was wrong because he was here all by himself. And when he decided to create us, his creation, that he can have fellowship, relationship, he knew all of us wouldn't want that. But he knew a lot of us would want that. Think about this. This is interesting. This is interesting. This is very interesting. We have read the news and have heard about serial killers. Interesting stuff here. As a mother, as a father, why did you have kids when you heard about serial killer, killers and prostitutes? Why did you still have kids? Because the best way to make sure there were no serial killers and prostitutes is just not to have kids. But we did anyway, because we're like Jesus. Come on, somebody, work with me this morning. Jesus created us. He knew some of us would not follow him. He knew some of us would be led astray by the devil. He knew some of us will do things that is wrong, but he also knew some of us will do right. So he says, I'm going to create in spite of what I know, because some will do right, some won't. But I'd rather have some doing right than have nothing at all. So that's your answer. I always try to give you answers to help you and and help you in your life, but also talk to other people because you always get this question. Why is God allowing all of this? He's not allowing all this because he's not Mr. Fix-It for all of our mess. The way we fix our mess is by obeying him and we fix our mess. He's not going to go around cleaning up our mess all the time. When we obey him and follow him, we get rid of the mess. We won't be doing all the stuff that we do. But he created us in spite of what he knew we would do. And you had kids in spite of what you saw on the news. Because your mindset was, my child won't be like that. So you had children. So don't go getting mad at Jesus talking about, if he God, why don't he do something about it? Well, why did you have kids? Fix that up real good for you, right? Because we, we, we like to, you know, can I tell you this, church? We like to do our own thing and then try to put something on God like as if he would have did this, I wouldn't have done this. Who do you think you are? If God could have just, no, if you would have just, not God. And you know what I've seen many times? I thought about this. 
I've seen where people have made one decision and they knew when they were going to make that decision. It wasn't really aligned with God's will. And you knew God wasn't going to be pleased with it. But you said, well, he'll forgive me. And this is not that bad. And that's true. You were right in both cases. But here is what you overlooked. There is other things that's going to come with that action, with that action. And it can follow you for the rest of your life. And you don't understand that. Don't get mad at him for that because he will forgive you. Yes, he will. He will forgive you. He will. He will help you. But it doesn't mean the situation that you do. Is is not going to follow you. Don't forget that. And so a lot of times we make those decisions and it makes us keep making bad decisions because we, we, we try to compensate. Every time that situation pop up in a bad way, we compensate and do something else. We compensate and do something else. And we just keep putting ourselves further and further in the hole because we did one wrong thing because we think God should have did something that he didn't do. We can't live like that. We, we can't be thinking, well, God, why aren't you doing this? When you start getting mad at God, it's simple. You're not God. It doesn't matter what you think. You're not God. And you don't understand all the ramifications to what's happening, why he's doing what he's doing. I know you feel like, God, how can this be? Because I have that too. God, how can this be? But because I know he's God, I said, okay. You ain't answering, huh? Okay. We'll just keep it moving. I just thought I'll ask. And if you don't feel like you want to answer, Lord, okay, that's fine. But I just thought I'll ask. The glorious truth of the resurrection was not understood immediately by even the closest followers of Jesus. It seemed incredible that the followers of Jesus did not expect him to come out of the tomb alive. After all, he had told them many times that he would be raised from the dead. Early in his ministry, he had said that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. After his resurrection, the disciples remembered that he had said this. However, his enemies remembered it also. Church, you need to remember the resurrection always. Because guess what? Even those who are not Christians, they remember. There's a lot of people going around today talking about the resurrection and they don't have a relationship with Christ. But it's one thing to know about it. It's another thing to say, how will it impact my life? And there's a scripture in the Bible that says that you believe in one God, thou doest well. The devil also believe in one God and tremble. And I'm here to tell you this morning, the devil does something by knowing who God is. Whatever you know about God, it should cause you to do something. And if you're not doing something from what you know about God, the devil is outdoing you in his knowledge of who God is. 
You believe in one God, you do well. The devil also believes in one God and tremble. He's shaking. He's worried. He's concerned because he knows what his feet may be. And we who know there's one God, we should be worshiping. We should be joyful. We should be praising because we know the one God whose name is Jesus. One God, his name is Jesus. Jesus is the true and living God. He is the only God. When you hear of Jesus, it's talking about the same almighty one who stretched forth the heavens and earth, who spoke everything into existence. It's still him. As a matter of fact, in case you really want to know, God realized one day he would come to this earth as a man, the man Christ Jesus. And the way how he envisioned who he would be, that's why he created us how we are. You are who you are because in his mind, that's who he's going to be. As God a spirit that you couldn't see. He says, one day I'm going to dwell in the earth, but I have to be body, arms, mind, face. That's what I'm going to be. I got to walk. Okay. So because I'm going to be like that, and because my desire is to always have fellowship, communion, and be with my people, I'm going to make them just like me. So you look the way you look because he said that's what I'm going to be. You, you, you are the way you are because that's how he said he's going to be. He came the way he came because he already envisioned that's who he would be. And he created y'all, me and you, ahead of time on the earth. Well, not me and you, but Adam and Eve and all of them. <laughs> and so he said that's what I'm going to so, So if you're wondering how is this all going He's already said this. Is, he said this, Jesus was already in the mind of God. And so that was manifested. After his resurrection, the disciples remembered that he had said it and also his enemies. It gradually dawned on these grieving people that their master was not dead, but alive. Your master is alive, church. Act like he is. Act like he is. Act like he is. If he's not dead, you will praise him. When you, when, when, if he's not dead, you're going to give him honor. If he's not dead, you're going to not be dead. Because he's not dead, you shouldn't act like you're dead. Dead things can't do anything. <laughs> What a difference it made when the realization of his resurrection took hold of them. For Mary Magdalene, it meant moving from tears to joy. When Mary Magdalene realized that her master, that 
that he was alive. She was crying before she realized he was alive. And when she realized he was alive, her tears went to joy. I'm telling you, church, if we will be like Mary and have a relationship Jesus with, like Mary had with Jesus, we will go from crying to joy because when we think of the goodness of Jesus, joy will fill our soul. But do you understand that Jesus has been good to you? For ten of his disciples, watch this, you got to pay attention. You got to pay attention when I'm preaching, teaching, when I'm preaching. Watch this. For ten of his disciples, it meant going from fear to courage. Why, why there was ten of his disciples? Don't even worry, I'm breaking it down for you. For ten of his disciples, they went from fear to to courage. Remember Peter? Scaredy cat, denying Christ, ran away, hiding. And then when he went to the tomb and he realized that Jesus wasn't there, guess what did he do? Went home. Still being a little punk. Still being a little scaredy cat. Soon as things go wrong, he started panicking. Because he was temporal. Temporal. Tem- is is What's the word I'm looking for? His emotion was all over the place. And so when he realized that Jesus had risen, he went from fear to courage. That's all the disciples. Thomas, who was the 11th disciple, Thomas went from doubt to assurance. Because, remember, let me check out the nail print in your hand. So Thomas went from doubt to assurance. Watch this. With Mary, the emphasis was on love. With the ten disciples, the emphasis was on hope. And with Thomas, the emphasis was on faith. Church, hear me today. Because Jesus died and rose today, we should live in love. We should live in hope. And we should live in faith. It's important that we understand we need to live in love, in hope, and in faith. Because that's what the resurrection should do for you and me. We should live in hope, in love, and in faith. No matter what's going on in your life, you need to have hope. No matter what's going on around you, you need to have faith. No matter what you're going through, you need to just know that God loves you. Jesus provided love, hope, and faith by his resurrection. Let me tell you something. When Mary went to the sepulcher, to see, I don't even want to mess with this, but I'm going to mess with it because I got to preach the whole truth and nothing but truth. Isn't it interesting that the first person to the grave was a woman? Joyce, why wasn't it a guy? Because y'all always care so much, Joyce. Y'all care so much. It just it means it always means a little bit more to y'all. And Mary's relationship with Jesus meant a lot to her. And she went looking for him. She went looking for her master. She wanted to make sure what's going on with him. And she went there. She cared. 
This is why we say Mary went from, from, from tears to joy and to love because she loved him. And so Mary went there because she loved him. And she was there. No Jesus. Peter and the other disciple. The other disciple name is John, by the way. Still wondering why they didn't put his name. They just said the other disciple that loved Jesus. And the other disciple that loved Jesus is John. And so John and Peter finally looked in. Well, linen clothes, all this stuff. He's not here. We out. Just gone. Just like a man. They gone. Mary there on her knees crying. Oh, God, where are you? And she crying her eyes out because she wants to see Jesus. And while she was there, she bent her knees crying out to Jesus. Where are you, Jesus? And all of a sudden, she turned. He was right there. And he spoke to her. If you are going through something, the way to get Jesus to be in the situation with you is by bowing your knee and saying, Jesus, where are you? Jesus, I need you right now. You notice she wasn't asking him to do something. Church, sometimes we're praying, always asking him to do something. But I'm here to tell you sometimes what you just need to do is just say, Jesus, where are you? Will you just come and comfort me while I'm going and dealing with these things? You don't have to do anything. I just need you to be present with me while I'm dealing with this situation. Mary taught us that, that sometimes all it needs, all it requires, Tony, is for us just to bend our knees and just cry out to him and say, Jesus, this is difficult. Jesus, I'm hurting. Jesus, I'm struggling. Jesus, I don't know what to do. You don't even have to come and give me an answer, Lord, just as long as you come and be with me. Big boy and big girl stuff right there. God, just come and be with me. God, just let me know you're present with me. God, just let me know you're right here with me. God, I just need to know that because what I'm dealing with, I just need to be with you. If you know him good enough, you know, yea, though I walk through the shadow, through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Oh, it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with. If you allow God to be with you, if you cry out to him and allow him to be with you, guess what? You will be all right. The situation will be fine. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they never got let out of the fiery furnace. They never got let out. While they were in there, Jesus was in there with them. And so while he was in there with them, the situation just wasn't so bad. I'm here to tell you this morning, church, sometimes you just need Jesus to be with you in your situation. You don't need him to do something. You just need him to be with you in that situation. And that's what we need to pray and say, Jesus, I just need you to show me you're with me. 
You don't have to do anything. Just show me you're with me. Just show me you're with me. We need faith like we've never had before, church. We got to start living by faith and not by our sight. We got to start living by faith and not our emotions. Help me. Every tragedy provides us with an opportunity to see Jesus in a new way. Every tragedy provides us with an opportunity to see Jesus in a new way. Most of us only come to know Jesus in two ways. Savior and provider. Those are two ways most people come to know God. Savior and provider. (laughs) But let me tell you something, church. If the only way you know him is Savior and provider, you're not in a relationship with him. You try being in a relationship with someone that the only time you and them deal is when you need them for something. Yeah, they may give it to you, but is that a relationship? That the only time you need them, the only time you deal with them is when they give you something. Is when you need something from them. That's not a relationship. That's just your sugar daddy. That's just somebody that give you something. That's just somebody that can take care of you. That's not a relationship. And most people only know Jesus. Provider and Savior. Things going wrong and you want him to save you. You have a need, you want him to provide for you. And that's all, that's not a relationship. That don't get you to heaven. And that's where people get Jesus mixed up. Because they think because he saves. They think because he provides that, oh, Jesus is my God. No, he's not. He is just that good that he's going to provide for you and he's going to save you. But if you don't have a relationship with him, when the day come, the scripture going to say about you, yes, you cast out devils. Yes, you spoke wonderful things. But he's going to say, depart from me, for I never knew I hope somebody getting me this morning uh, because God don't just want to be known as Savior and Provider. And that's all we know him as. And we say we're Christians. We say, we say I go to church. I, I have my church. My pastor is so-and-so. I go to this church, and I'm a saved person, and I'm a Christian. But all you ever knew him as Savior, Provider. You tell me that's relationship. You tell me that's relationship. And then I take it further. Go tell me which relationship you know that don't have struggles, that don't have, you know, tenseness, that, 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 that you don't have disagreements. And so you, you want this, but the other person, nope. That's real relationship. That's what we need to get into, get into with Jesus. He's going to tell you no sometimes. He's going to disagree with you sometimes. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, there's sometimes you won't see eye to eye with him. But the bottom line is if all of that is going on, it means you're in relationship. But if all you know about him is that he provides and he saves, heaven is far from you. Heaven is far from you. We just don't want to know him as savior and provider. We want to know him in many ways. And so here is the, the, the point of why I'm making that. Here, here's why I'm making that point. The bottom line is sometimes he allows things to come into your life that you wouldn't allow to come into your life. 
but he allowed it to come into your life because he wants you to know him more than savior and provider and when other things happen in your life it's going to cause you to know him in a different way so you ready for this one so the only way you're going to know him now as healer Josiah you can't know him as a healer unless you get sick You can't know him to be one to raise the dead unless you. So he allows certain things to come into our life because he wants us to know him in more ways than how we know him. We can't just know him as provider and savior. He needs to be known in a whole lot more ways. You hear me this morning, this afternoon now. You hear me this afternoon. He wants, Jesus wants you to know him in more ways than you know him. Some of the ways you can do it yourself, but other ways where you don't want to do it, he's going to allow it to happen to you. Why am I going through this? Because Jesus wants you to know him in a different way. Why is this happening to me? Because you've been controlling your climate, controlling your atmosphere, what happens and what don't happen, and some of it is not all good. And so every once in a while, Jesus is going to allow something big to come your way, and you're going to be like, oh, Lord, what is it? And, and, and all Jesus wants for you to do is know him in that way. Sometimes you're going to be going through the... The, the, the most hurtful time you've ever gone through, you're not running around complaining, you're not running around barking, but you're just totally just devastated. And the still voice are going to just show up and says, Josiah, it's going to be all right. You know what that is? That's love. That's love. And so the only way he's going to have to show up and whisper that to you, the only way he's going to show up and put his arms around you is when you're devastated. So you can know he loves you. So you can know you're not forgotten. So you can know he knows your name. So you're worrying about all of these things. But it comes down to what kind of relationship do we have with him? Because if you have relationship, right relationship, you're going to know that everything has meaning. And every time something is going on, you've got to say, God, what does this mean? What do you need me to know? That I don't know. In John chapter 20, verse 14, the word of the scripture says, And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Listen to me. I believe Jesus' appearance was different in some way after his resurrection. I don't know in what way it was different, but what I do know is this. For someone as close to him as Mary to not recognize him immediately after his resurrection, his appearance had to be somewhat different. Why wouldn't she notice him as soon as she turned? Some scholars want me to believe that she had so much tears in her eyes that she couldn't recognize him. I'm here to tell you 
if you know somebody real good from the moment you turn and see them, you know, probably you don't even have to turn and see them. You just know when they show up because you know them that good. But the question is, why didn't Mary recognize him right away when she turned the first time? And I believe his appearance was different. Even his voice must have been somewhat different because he spoke to her, remember? He spoke to her and she still didn't recognize his voice because she thought it was the gardener. So she turned, didn't recognize him. He spoke, she didn't recognize him. And so now I'm like, what is, what's going on here? What are you missing, Mary? It wasn't until he called her by name did she recognize him, which God is always doing stuff to show you that his word is legit. And in John chapter 10, verse 3, it says he calls his own sheep by name and lead them and God was showing us something that look when I called her by her name she recognized my voice your heart may be filled with grief today despair but Jesus knows your name your life might not be what you would like for it to be. And maybe that's designed by God because he's trying to reach you. But he knows your name. Your situation might not be going the way you th- thought it would go. But Jesus knows your name. You hear me? There's over 8 billion people on this earth. And God knows every one of our names. He knows the very hair on our head by number. He knows us. The question is, do you know him or you just know him as savior and provider? There was a difference in his appearance after his resurrection. And I believe there's a message there for us to get. God, I don't understand why she couldn't recognize you. And then you spoke. And she still didn't recognize you. What is going on? And so let me take you on this little journey real quick and show you something that I believe God wants to understand. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, the Bible says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them... Also, which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. You chose a great instrument, but. Brother Scarlett, great instrument. I ain't saying nothing about you or just I'm just saying. <laughs> trumpet. The trump of God. Trumpet will sound. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. The dead in Christ. 
in order to rise first from the dead, you must first die in Christ. Many of us want to talk about the, the, the rapture, the catching away of the church, how one day Jesus will return and we will be caught up to meet him in the air. And that's true. But the first question is, did you die in Christ? Because if you didn't die in Christ, you won't be caught up to meet him in the air. In order... To die in Christ, you must first be risen with Christ. In order to die in Christ, you must first be risen in Christ. Preacher, what do you mean by that? Let me tell you what I mean by that. Every person that is born of a woman, every person that is walking this earth, when they are born into this world, they are dead spiritually. You, you, you will not be saved if you continue to live your life as is, if you are not risen with Christ. Because spiritually, when we're born, we're born dead. Babies are fine. If the rapture comes while they're babies. But as you get older and you understand sin and you understand Jesus is the savior and you realize that he loves you and all of this stuff and you continue to just love live the way you want. You are walking dead man and walking dead woman. So you're dead. Now. But if you will be born again. Then you are now risen with him. And the born again process is a process. Born again means you come to understand Jesus is God. And because you realize what he had done for you, that he had went to the cross and went to the grave and he rose from the cross, he came he came off the cross and rose from the grave. When you come to realize that, you said, oh, my God, what has this man, Christ Jesus, done for me? And guess what you do? You repent of your sins. You said, I can't just live any kind of way and live a dead life. I need to live a life that is alive. And if you want to live a life that is alive, you must be born again. If not, you're living a life that is dead. And so when you repent of your sins and you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, he says he will fill you with his spirit. And when he fills you with his spirit, that's what brings you alive. The Holy Ghost is what make you alive. The Holy Ghost is what raise you up with Christ. The Holy Ghost is what make you regenerated. And now you become alive. And now you're alive because the Holy Ghost is working in your life. That's how you rise with him. And then you keep living a life that is right and pleasing before him. So if you have not been born again, you're a walking dead man. If, you're not been, if you've not, not been born again, you're a walking dead woman. You must be risen with him. And the way how you're risen with him is being born again of the water and of the spirit.
And now you live the life that is right and pleasing before him. So now, Sister Gama, when you are risen with him and you live a life that is right and pleasing unto him, you follow him. When you die, you die in Christ. And when you die in Christ, when Christ, when the trumpet is sound, the Bible says the dead in Christ, they rise first. We've got two resurrection to make. We've got two resurrection to make. The first resurrection is by being born again of the Spirit. And the second resurrection is by raising up on this earth and meeting Jesus in the air. We've got two resurrection to make. And if we don't make them, we will not spend eternal life with him. There's two resurrection that you've got to be a part of in order to be with Jesus eternally. We want to put everybody in heaven, and we have not put ourselves in position to get there. We can't put anybody in heaven. The preacher can't put you in heaven. Only you can put yourself in heaven. Nobody can put you in heaven, just you. And the first requirement is you got to rise like he rose. And that's by being born again of the word and of the spirit. Look at what Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. I got another one for you. Second Corinthians 1 and 9. But we had the, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves. Remember, I told you. The soul that sinneth shall surely die. That's a death sentence until he went to the cross. Then you had an opportunity to not have to do that death sentence. But we had the sentence of death in our lives that we should not trust in ourselves. You can't get yourself out of no situation. But in God which raiseth the dead. Ephesians 2 and 4. But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith we he loved us even when we were dead. Am I talking crazy or am I spe- uh, preaching the word? I ain't talking crazy. Dead in our sins had quickened us together with Christ by grace are ye saved and had raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. So let me tell you something. I'm almost done here. I'll be done in six minutes. I'm serious. So watch this. When Christ rose, remember, he almighty. So all of the spiritual things that we like to talk about, it doesn't really go for him because he's already that. But he went through certain things to fulfill scriptures. When Christ rose, he was not recognizable right away. When Christ rose, his voice was not recognized 
right away. When Christ rose, go read it. If you continue to read in John, there was a time where the disciples met and he walked through the wall. When Christ rose, he did stuff that he didn't do before he rose. I'll say it again. When Christ rose, he was not easily recognized by them that knew him. When Christ rose, his voice was not recognized right away by them that know him. When Christ rose, he did things that he didn't do before. When you are risen with him, your appearance will change. When you rise with him, you won't talk the same. When you rise with him, guess what? You will do things differently. And for all of us that says that we're born again of the water and of the spirit, for all of us that said that we rose with him, do you look different? For all of us that say we rose with him, do you speak different? For all of us that said we rose with him, are we doing different things than before we rose? Talk to me, church. Can you say you look different since you've been saved? Can you say you stopped cussing? Because that probably pertains to most of us more than that. Did you get saved and you still cussing? That's an issue. Because you're still talking like you used to talk. That's what it means. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm just telling you I'm giving you something to work from. If you're still cussing and you say you saved, then maybe you're not. Because you didn't get resurrected. You're not risen. Because if you were, you would talk different. If you were risen, you would do different things. I'm done. I can't help it, church. I'm going to preach this way. And the more the world think, because most churches right now, I'm telling you right now, just know this about me. Y'all can talk about me, but just know this about me. I'm going to preach the word with conviction and, and just with fire for the rest of my life because I'm not backing up and I'm not going to preach it differently because we say it because people got softer, because people want to be babies, because people feel like, oh, you know, that you don't say those things no more. As long as it's the word of God, I am saying it and I'm saying it with conviction and I'm saying it with passion. And what you hear from me this morning is conviction and passion because I got to preach it this way because somehow we have become so accustomed to easy stuff and we don't want to receive hard sayings anymore. That's why people don't come to church anymore because they don't want to hear hard sayings. Easy sayings ain't going to get you saved. I got to say it that way. If every time you come, I'm going to walk around here and say, God is good. Oh, yeah. God will touch your body. Yes, he will. God will touch your mind. I'm saying it to you. God will bless you. Oh, yes, he will. Yes, he will. Oh, yes, he will. Can somebody say amen with me? That's what y'all want. Go ahead. That ain't that, that ain't this kind of preacher. I can do that and I'll be alive. I can do that and you're going to stay in your situation and you'll never feel conviction and you'll never feel like changing if I preach like that.
Y'all will pack this place out and we will run into the next building if I preach like that. That's why some of these churches are packed because they're preaching like that. I am preaching the word of God that's going to convict you and make you say, Lord, he just came at me. That's how I'm going to preach it because I love you. You can go to the people that make you feel good that don't love you, but I'm going to love you, so I'm going to tell you the way it is. Joyce, when we love people, we handle them with a firm hand. You know that. But if we don't, if we don't care, we're like, whatever, whatever, whatever. And the churches that most people are going to now is the church that make you feel good. Go ask the preacher if he loves you. Go ask him if he loves you. I never forgot when I went to Florence House. I went to Florence House. Um, she had bought her house in Hamilton, your sister-in-law. I, I went to um, um, Florence House, Truby's sister. And when I went there and prayed, I went and prayed throughout the house. She had just started coming to church maybe, I don't know, six months a year. And... She had a sister. She had many sisters. And the sister came and says, yeah, what church you go to? And I'm telling her, she said, yeah, I go to so-and-so church. And the spirit of God just moved me to say something. And I said this to her, one of her sisters. I said, since you've been in that church, have the pastor been to your house? You can hear a pin drop. Because he ain't never been to her house. And Florence had just been in our church maybe six months, and I was in her house praying. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you I love you with a godly love, and I'm going to do what's right. I'm not going to just baby you and make you be lost. The day I start preaching and singing, y'all better say, who's next in line to take over that church? Because he done went south on us. When you rise, you will come. I, you know, I'm, I'm done. But Cheryl, I'm serious. I'm, I'm serious, Cheryl. Cheryl, you know you've been in other churches. Y'all going to do your survey of all the nice big churches y'all been to and tell me how many times the pastor came to your house. That's, that's serious talk. How many times did he come to your house? What personal relationship do you have with him? Yeah, but you want to go to that church? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because that's not what it's about. You want to be in a church that you know love you and care about you. And when the preacher get up, if somehow you happen to leave here and go be in the presence of the Lord, we're not going to get to your funeral and be saying a whole bunch of lies just to make it sound good. We're not going to do that. We'll be able to say how we know them so well and what they lived and what they did because we knew them because we had real relationship, just like I'm preaching about this morning, real relationship. I'm not talking about you come to church and I'm up here for you to see me. And you're like, yeah, I preach. Yeah. And, and, and that's all it is. We come for entertainment for me. God help me. I don't know why I'm talking about that. That must be something that needs to be talked about. But I'm not here to entertain nobody. I'm here to love you and preach the gospel message to you and tell you what thus saith the Lord. And you take it whatever way you want to take it. But that don't mean because I get real passionate and real serious that I don't love you. This face that you see me make sometime when I get into it, you just know it's just how much passion. It's just how much conviction and what I've experienced in God that's coming out of me when I'm talking to you.
The resurrection. Some people hear about the resurrection for the first time and may need time before they can comprehend the amazing event of the resurrection. Like Mary and the disciples, they may pass through four stages of belief. At first, they may think the story or the event, I don't like to call it story, the event is a fabrication impossible to believe. Like Peter, they must check out the facts. And some of them still won't believe it happened. But I will tell you this. Only when you encounter Jesus personally. This is why I'm preaching like I'm preaching, because I want you to have a personal encounter with Jesus. I want you to come in and hear and you get so convicted that you respond. Can I tell you this one last thing? Talking to you this morning. Let me tell you this one last thing. When you get convicted by the word of God, when God, when you feel like God is speaking to you directly, can we not do this? Can you not just sit there and just act like he ain't talking to me, but I'm not moving. Can you not do that, please? If you got to cry, cry. If you got to get up and jump, jump. If you got to run around, run around because you don't. And let me tell you, because I got to teach you about God. Let me tell you why you need to do that. You get delivered, you get touched by God, and many people will too. Because you don't understand that when God is speaking through me or whoever he's using, he is speaking. And if you would just respond, you will help somebody else respond as well. Because guess what? It it makes somebody else realize it's okay. It's okay for me to cry. It's okay for me to lift my hands. It's okay for me to get on my knees. It's okay for me to begin to run. It's okay for me to shout. It's okay for me to just start moving in my seat and spinning and not knowing what to do. It's okay. It means God is speaking to you. And if people want to talk about you while God... Later for them because they're missing out. So let's change that in our church. That when God is speaking to you, respond. If it means tears, don't try to hide it. Because you're not just helping yourself. You're helping other people. You're helping others. You ever seen? God showed me this one time. We used to sing this, 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 this chorus about um, let, let, let the Holy Ghost move from the pulpit, um, from the pulpit to, to, to the door and, and, and let it move throughout the congregation. And one day I was starting a fire, Cheryl. And I remember starting the fire, lighting the charcoal. And I looked down and I saw one charcoal that got white, meaning it was one that was hot. I said, yeah. And I watch, and I'm waiting for the fire to go, and I watch it catch another one. And I watch another one. And before you knew it, all the charcoal in the the grill was white. And the Holy Ghost said, that's how it works sometimes. That's why I'm telling you what I'm telling you. Don't, don't stifle the Holy Ghost. Just let him have his way. So many of us need him to have his way. And if you will have the courage to just let him have his way, if you will just let him speak to you, if you will just let him have his way in your heart, in your mind, it will help somebody else because somebody just don't know how to do it. And they probably want to let go and they don't know how to let go because they never seen anybody. And we all just sit in stoic and won't let God have his way. We're going to help each other. He didn't bring 
us in here for only one person to do it. He didn't call me to Christ at a church for me alone to do it. He might have called me to lead it, but I'm not the only one. He wants to use every one of us. That's why he put us all together. It's not one person. It's all of us. And some days, praise and worship going to do it. Some days, uh, this Joyce, you're going to do it one day. Whoever it is, you're going to come to the door and God's going to say, you're prime and ready for me to work in your life. And all of a sudden, God's going to work in your life. And you're going to wonder what in the world happened to me. It's what God wants to do in your life. And he wants to bless other people with your life. you got to realize that your life is a blessing. And God wants to use your life to bless others. But if you hold on to what God is doing, he can't use your life. So moving forward, whatever God is doing in your heart, don't sit there stoic. If you got to get up, get up. If you got to shake, shake. If you got to run, run. If you got to lift your hands, lift your hands. If you got to roll on the floor, roll on the floor. Whatever it is that you got to do, don't hold back. Your breakthrough is just this close sometimes. And you leave the sanctuary without a breakthrough because you won't allow God to do what he wants to do in your life. So you leave with knowledge, but you never leave with transformation. Let's stand. That was not six minutes because that was the Holy Ghost. Be careful when you say stuff in front of God. He always do that to you. Don't make big stuff around God because he make you a liar every time. And so he just made me a liar. Six minutes. It wasn't six minutes because he was getting ready to say something through me. And I'm just talking about six minutes because, you know, I can try to control, but I'm not in control. The Bible says. In John chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. You get resurrected by the power of Jesus Christ. And that's how you are resurrected. And that's how your life is changed. If you really get resurrected by the power of God, guess what? You're going to talk differently. If you really get resurrected by the power of God, you're going to act differently. If you really get resurrected by the power of God, people are going to take a second look every time you come around because they're going to say something. Your appearance is different. God help us today. Rise. It's time that we all challenge ourselves to rise. And all we need is Jesus for us to rise. We don't need our neighbor. We don't need our spouse. We don't need our siblings. We don't need the pastor. We don't need anybody but ourselves to rise. Because God's desire is that you all rise. Just like he rose, he wants you to rise. Because if you rise like he rose, your life will never be the same again. And that's what he's looking for from us. Let us thank him today. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you today, Lord God, for just speaking to our hearts, having your way, Lord God. Father, I pray that truly the Holy Ghost power will move us to change. God, that something will be different in our heart, in our life, Lord God. That, Lord Jesus, 
we will truly be risen with you, Lord God. You said, Lord God, if we're buried with you in baptism, then we will rise with you also by the power of the Holy Ghost. And God, I pray today that every person under the sound of my voice will experience resurrection in you, Lord God. For you are the resurrection. And Lord, we are desiring to rise today that we will not be the same again, Lord. I pray today that we will not leave the same way we came in, but that the change from the power of God that needs to take place in us. I pray that the change will happen today and that, Lord God, we will know you in more ways than just Savior and Provider, but that we will know you, Lord God, in a way, Lord Jesus, that will make us know you completely and not just know what you can do for us, but, oh God, that we will know you in an intimate way where, Lord, there is fellowship, where, Lord, there is back and forth communication Lord God I pray today for your kingdom to come in our life and for your will to be done in our life Jesus have your way today Jesus have your way today Jesus I pray that you will guide us and you will lead us oh God allow us to experience the resurrection power that we will never be the same again Lord bless your people oh God I pray that if somebody in this house today that has never given their life to you, that they will do so. That somebody will say, today I give my life. I surrender because I want to have a right and real relationship with Christ. I pray today, Lord God, that somebody will do it. That somebody will surrender. That somebody will give themselves, Lord God, to you and say, here I am, Lord. Have your way in my thoughts. Have your way in my life. Have your way in my mind. Have your way in my deeds. Lord, I thank you today. I thank you, Lord God, for allowing us this privilege to worship you, to praise you, and to experience the resurrection power. For, Lord, we will rise because you rose. We will rise because you rose. As we go from this place today, let your hand be upon us, Lord. Let your spirit, Lord God, quicken us and lead us. We give you honor. We give you praise today. For you are great and greatly to be praised. For all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Somebody, let's thank the Lord today. Let's thank him today. If you've never given your life to Jesus and you want to do so today, let us know. We'll help you. We'll guide you so you can live for God and live a resurrected life. I love you, church. And I pray that God's will be done in your life. Have a great afternoon. Enjoy your family. Enjoy yourself today. In Jesus' name. Brother Tom, thank you for all of what you've done up here. Looks wonderful. You did a great job, as always. Thank you, Brother Tom.
Make a dead man walk again. 